Happy Teenager Tuesday, parents. Uh, July 11th, mid-July already. It's crazy. School is about a month away, which is wild. Time flies by. probably feels like uh, school just ended for a lot of people. Um, wherever, wherever you are at in this, uh, we hope that here on the Parent Podcast, we quickly resource you, set you up with tips, and we don't know everything, but I, I do pray that everything that we have uh, best sets you up to win more with your student. And maybe there are some sixth grade parents or soon to be sixth grade parents uh, that are starting to tune into the podcast. So welcome. We're glad that you guys are here. Please like this, share it with everybody that you can. And uh, if there's ever feedback, uh, please, please, please. Uh, we would love to hear that and, and to know what is most helpful. Uh, we're in part two of looking at this book uh, that I've gone through twice now. Uh, and I've actually done this the, this uh, study. There's a, a small group study that can go along with the book. I did this in my own small group with a, another married couple. Um, we're working through bo- both of us, or both all, all the people in the group are about to have their first kid. And so we're really kind of working on what is the foundation of us as a family? What does that mean for discipline? What does that mean uh, for our goal as being parents? Early on in the book, we talked about this last week, um, that they talk so much early on about knowing what your it is. If you're parenting towards it, what is it? How do you define the ultimate goal? Uh, For Andy and Sandra Stanley, they they wanted... um, their it was that they, they wanted their kids to want to hang out with each other and want to hang out with them after they are done parenting. Um, and so for a lot of the book, they, they work in, in uh, they work through what their strategies were. Now, what I think we should always do is learn on principle and, and use strategies when we can, because principles, the principle of something, I think is the best way to learn because then you can take the principle and adapt it to your context. Some of the parenting tips were, were very contextualized within their family, maybe won't work for every family, but I do think so much of what they talked about with their experience, especially hitting on the like restoration of relationships when it comes to discipline, not just behavior, is such a big deal. Kind of moving to the second part of the book, a few things that I thought would be helpful for all of us to kind of hear and know and understand is um, on page 84, it says this, um, this apology of uh, this apology that be- between two people, um, this idea of like you owe them an apology. Restitution is the process of making up the honor they owe to one person. Kind of leading into that idea of um, when we hurt someone, it is up to us to then go and restore the relationship. Uh, now, whether it's true hurt, felt hurt, whatever, it, it is on us to do everything that we can. In scripture, it says do everything that you can to live at peace with everybody that you can. Um, when it comes to that, the idea of discipline, an approach of discipline focusing on the relationship um, then focuses less on the on the behavior and more on the principle. They say this on page 87. I'm just going to read this. The approach to discipline or this approach to discipline reinforces the idea that every act of disobedience dishonors someone. Um, Right there is kind of talking about this idea of they they only had had a handful of rules in their family. One of those being honor mom, honor mom. And what, what they said that helped with their family is it gave a person to say, you have to honor this person and we can pack all these other rules underneath it. Why don't we lie 
um, to mom is because we honor mom. Why don't we mistreat dad? Why, do, why don't we distreat dad? Because we honor mom, mom loves dad, so we need to honor dad. It, 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 uh, they tried to take a, a handful of rules and trickle everything else underneath it to kind of give it back to a point. So instead of having 217 family rules, they had just a handful that covered a lot of things that then they could reference back to. They said this, uh, typical methods of punishment don't reinforce much of anything relationally. That one got me. I was like, man, in my in my understanding of punishment, consequences, is there anything that's reinforcing the idea of the relationship? Is there any anything in writing? You know, discipline connects the dots between actions and the people affected. I love that. This discipline connects the dots between actions and the people affected. It teaches your child, uh, your child more than a lesson, than like one thing, it teaches them a life skill. That's a life skill that they'll need in their relationships, in their marriage, in, in their working environment. Um, another thing that I wanna harp on quite a bit is your words weigh a ton. Your words weigh a ton. This is huge. He says, uh, the source of the words matters more than the content of the words. And he tells a few stories. Um, this is a reminder, because you know this already. But if you don't know how much your words weigh, your words weigh 10,000 pounds compared to other people, whether you believe that or not. Whether your teenager vocalizes that or not, your words weigh a ton and you are this source of weighted words. And sometimes um, we can maybe say something flippantly that we think is a joke and sarcastic. Um, however, another thing that Andy and Sandra talk about is that intent is irrelevant. If our words hurt, then the intent of those words hurting is irrelevant. And he uses an example of like an injury. If somebody breaks their arm, you know, somebody accidentally breaks somebody else's arm, even though they weren't intending to, they still caused pain. They still broke something and it still takes time to mend that broken arm, right? In the same way, if we say something as parents whose words weigh a ton, if we unintentionally say words that hurt, then we can't immediately expect that those kids, those teenagers, those middle schoolers at any age, we can't expect to say, uh, to immediately forgive us when we tell them that wasn't our intention. Like it, it takes this restoration process as well between us and whoever's uh, got, whoever was hurt by our words. I, I think we can take that process and even as adults grow to be more mature in the way that we see the weight of our words. I love this question that, um, and then we'll, we'll be done with the book review. And again, I'm giving these books away. Uh, I said this last week, but maybe um, I don't know at the time of recording this if somebody, if all of them were claimed. So if you would like to get a copy of this book, I, I'm giving away just a handful. Uh, you can shoot me an email at wperry@hopefellowship.net and just say, I want to grow. You can message me on Instagram um, or, or, or Facebook. Just fi find a way to contact me. The first five people to, to say that, uh, get a copy of the book. Um, this question that he, uh, Andy, I believe it was Andy who wrote this chapter on page 172. He said he asked this question of his um, kids growing up, which is, is there anybody whose failure you would secretly celebrate? 
Is there anybody out there whose failure would then cause you to celebrate? Because then if that's the case, that could be a heart check. There's there's something that maybe there's unforgiveness, maybe there's jealousy, maybe there's envy. It's just this big question to say, is there anybody whose failure you would secretly celebrate? I think that's such a solid question for us as stewards of young growing people to ask because that kind of idea of like, I I would like to see you fail because you deserve to fail, whether they do or not. I, having that idea and understanding of celebrating someone else's failure secretly to herself, if we're able to help people process through that and lean more towards redemption, whether that is redemption in the relationship or just redemption in the way that God sees us. I love that question. I think it's a question that I want to ask uh, my daughter as she's growing up. And I, I think that would be a beautiful question, if not an uncomfortable question, to ask your teenager to kind of see, hey, is there anything, anybody there that maybe uh, in their life that maybe needs to have a relationship restored? We love you, parents. As a reminder, you can do this. You're not alone. God is with you. And so are we. Have a great week. Yeah.